you wanna learn about the music industry and you don't know where to go, tune in to WP88.7, Brave New Radio. We got managers, producers, record labels, concert promoters galore. Wednesday at 8 p.m. Yeah! Yeah! Music Biz 101 and more live from Nashville, Tennessee, the Boy. volunteer state. Make sure you go to our website, musicbiz101wp.com. Sign up for that newsletter. You need to sign up for our newsletter. Follow us on the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook, at musicbiz101wp. And of course, we have a podcast, which many of you are listening to right now, mm-hmm. and you found it at iTunes or SoundCloud, Music Biz, Ampersand, 101, no, Music Biz 101, <laughs> Ampersand, more, Music Biz 101 and more. I'm your professor, David Kirk Philp. Who are you? I am Stephen Marconi. Dr. Esteban. Yes. And so as you listen, you'll hear a student, you're going to hear a great, great person, but this was a summer class because of William Patterson, the university. So we want to thank Ashley Weltner, who's been our engineer for all of our radio shows yes. over the past year, and she hooked us up with this tremendous technique of recording that we're doing right now, and we should give thanks, so we put our... Uh, hands together, legs together, eyes closed, heads down. Thanks to the folks at Van Dyne Bruno Inc. and White Hat Management with artists like Charlie Puth, Dave Matthews, and Kith. There's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to VB. CPA.com when you are ready. And we should all give thanks to Christine. They. Oi, a wealth manager and the president of. <laughs> Oi, they manage. <laughs> Oi, they wealth management. Christine has helped many of our professionals at William Patterson the University to manage their investments and plan out for their retirement. If you're looking for some guidance on how to plan for your retirement, or if you have any questions on anything from investments and portfolio management to insurance retirement planning, give Christine a call at, repeat after me, 732. 732. 455. 455. 1510. 1510. You can also email her, Christine at Oi. They wealth. Com. And take the last oi off for savings. That's right. Many shout outs to many different people, but don't forget managing your band's sixth edition. By the time you hear this, it has been out for a year, but like fine wine, it's aging beautifully. Mm-hmm. It's a book, it's in color, it's got glossy pages. And only a few mistakes. Very few mistakes. <laughs> so you're going to love it. And always contact, contact us. Again, go to musicbiz101wp.com, and that's where you can find everything out. Again, big thanks to the Music Biz Association for having us here. Yes. And now on to La Interview. There we are, Music Biz 101 and more. Your professor, David Kirk Philp, along with your doctor. Stephen Marconi. Esteban Marconi. And we're not yes. saying that because our guest likes the word Esteban. But our ah. guest today is Matt Hunter. Hello. Mm-hmm. Hello. Good. Good. From Go Diego Go. Yeah. And that's all he's ever done. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. And then we have uh, Matt Kerr getting his MBA in the Music and Entertainment Management Program at William Patterson University. There's not enough coffee for this program. There is not. No. And um, <laughs> so we're excited to have you here, Matt. So Matt Kerr, why don't you begin talking to Matt Hunter about uh, do a, do a little inter. Uh, 
blurb as to who, who Matt Hunter is for the right. three people who don't know. Yes, so Matt Hunter is one of the fastest stars in the Latin music industry right now. Uh, just recently put out a video with Lele Pons for the song uh, Decent. Did I say that right? Mm -hmm. Decent. And uh, last I checked, it has 20 million views. Look like it's going to hit 21 million very shortly. 21, 249, 095. And I, I woke up this morning with the song on the Hot Latin charts on Billboard. It's number Great. 29. 29? All right. Okay. Yeah, that's exciting. exciting. Maybe tomorrow we get man. to 28. That'll be, be great. Yeah? All Hopefully right. by next year we get to number two, number one. <laughs> that'll be the idea. We'll see what your manager does for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. So, so you were signed to what label? I signed my uh, record contract with Universal Latin last year. Okay. So you've been with them about a year. Mm -hmm. And how many releases have you put out under Universal? This is my first one now. First one. Mm -hmm. This is your first song? Mm -hmm. Okay. No, not my first song as an artist. First song as no, a sign. That's what I meant mm -hmm. with Universal. Mm -hmm. And did they do the... <laughs> I'm stepping on him. Did they do the um, collaboration with they, her? My manager set up the collaboration because my manager has a good relationship with Lele Pons' manager, mm -hmm. um, who is Justin Bieber's right-hand man. His name is Johnny Shadidi. He uh, runs Shot Studios, which also manages a lot of other social media influencers and other artists like Anita and um, a lot of other big crossover acts. Now, is the plan with the single to like build up to a full-fledged album release? Or is this going to be like the first single of an EP? Or is the label strategy to just do, just do the singles? It's the second single uh, that's going to be on the album. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not right now I'm putting the album together but I'm not letting people know when it's going to come out because I just want to put out single by single and get people um, to get to know my name mm -hmm. and just get my, my name out there more and then later on in the year maybe top of the year next year put out a full piece of work because I feel like nowadays uh, people's attention spans are very short and to like to put out a full piece of work without your name really being known by a lot, a lot of people is not very smart because then people are going to miss a lot of songs. People are only going to listen to like the singles, you know? Like, I feel like we're in a singles world now. Mm -hmm. um, and it's for an artist, pop artist like myself, it um, makes more sense to put out a big hit than put out uh, a group of work with a bunch of like hits because people are, like I said, people have very short attention spans. People just want to hear mm -hmm. that hit song. That's definitely the trend. We were having this discussion yesterday. We had Tommy Silverman in recently uh, to the university who runs Tommy Boy Records. His whole, somebody asked from a DIY artist perspective, do you put out an album, an EP, whatever? And he's like, why would you do that? Just put out exactly what you said, put out a put single out a month. Because every month you have, because it's all really about content. Exactly. You know, the song is the content, but it's the artists that we're selling exactly. for and forever. once you've put out those four or five singles that are, have all charted on Billboard, have all done well on their own, once you put out the album, people are going to buy that album just because of that song that they love. You know, people are not right. going to, people mm -hmm. don't really listen to albums start to finish anymore. I mean, I, I've, I do still, but many kids my age, they just want to hear that song that they love. And they'll buy the album just because that one song is on there. We were talking yesterday also too. It's been very big in pop and hip hop. And we were talking with Seth England yesterday, who is the manager of Florida Georgia Line. And he was talking about that same strategy with them as well. That in the country field, it's now it's really coming into that as well. Is and he called it the waterfall effect, you know, just a drop at a time. And yeah, that because that's where the market is, why get it all done in one day when again thirteen songs on an album and two weeks from now I'm not listening to it anymore. 
Your largest audience is in what uh, country? In Mexico. Mexico. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think that's due to the size of Mexico. Mexico's huge. Yeah. You could spend months touring in Mexico, whereas like in Chile or uh, Ecuador, there's only three or four cities you can go to. Yeah. You're going like the small, small cities. I just got back from Costa Rica. So. Costa Rica as well. There's you can't tour for months in Costa Rica. There's right. you, there's certain places, hubs that you go to. Well, you could stay in Mexico City for months. Actually. Yeah, Mexico's awesome. Fifteen million people mm-hmm. in Mexico mm-hmm. City. A lot of people. It's a big market. So that's that's my biggest market. So how did it happen? How it did happened. you get started? How how did mm-hmm. it happen? That's a long answer, but I started doing music. When I was 12, 11 years old, I was always singing in chorus class in school. And Where did I, you go to school? I went to school, I went to elementary school in New Jersey. What town? Inglewood. Uh, mm-hmm. hey. But when I turned, when I went into sixth grade, when I was in fifth grade, I went for an audition for Go Diego Go, which is like a TV show, a sitcom, Nickelodeon mm-hmm. animation. And I got that, and that was really cool. You know, the first two years, um, of my professional career, we're working in a Nickelodeon recording studio, and I got to learn a lot about like the ins and outs of what it is recording in a recording studio. Even though it was not music I was doing, I still learned so much mm. with the engineer there. That it was very, very like professional the way it was done, and I just loved it. I loved being in the studio, and I just wanted to make music. I didn't want to be in the studio talking as like a little. I mean, I loved it, but I I wanted to do music. That's where my heart was. So I started making. I started like singing on the streets of New York, like busking from, not even because I needed the money, just because I loved singing in front of people. I wanted people to just hear me. And um, one day I was singing on the street with my brother, and a producer came by and he left his card in my guitar case. And I texted him, and he was like a producer from Jersey City, and I went over to his house in like the ghetto of Jersey City with my mom. And I recorded my first album there for like a month and a half. And that, that first project was in English and Spanish. Yeah, were you always bilingual? I was always, yeah, I always wanted to do music in Spanish, but at first it was like, let me do some English too, and let me like mix it up. Um, and I put that song out, and it did well, but then I realized I was getting all these fans from Latin America, like all these girls that don't even speak English from Mexico, Costa Rica, all these different countries, and me being from Paramus, New Jersey, I was like, I'm going to capitalize on this. I'm going to keep making music in all Spanish, because you know, that is what people want to hear from me. I'm not... Mm. People are asking for apples. I'm not going to give them bananas. That makes no sense. How long ago is this now? Uh, Six, seven years ago. Six, seven years. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good. And so I put out my first song in full Spanish. And that song, I toured with that song for like two, three years, just all throughout South America. Because that song really did really, really well on radio and certain countries like Mexico and Chile. It like it did very very well, so it was like known by everybody in the country. Mm -hmm. So I was doing shows. Like I did a show in Chile. 2013 or 14 for 10,000 people and I was the headlining act I sold out that show myself mm-hmm. from one song it just goes to show how what one really really popular song could do for you yeah um, after that I didn't, I didn't really have the the team or the yeah I didn't have the necessary team to stay consistent which is so important like you put out a great song you have to have that next song ready or you'll lose people's attention mm-hmm. you know so I did not have that ready, and I was I did a few like deals that were kind of shady, and not I was not the shady one, but the people <laughs> that I was working with were shady. Like what? what what's a, um, a bad deal that you got involved? Like in? the first record deal that I signed in Chile, I never got one cent off of anything. 
and it went gold. It sold over 10,000 copies. For, for a single? No, was for, a, for my first EP. That oh, it was, was for like an six EP. Six songs. Okay. And I never got one check from that. I never hmm. got paid nothing. Was I that got, the, all uh, the money was stolen. The video from the a performance from a stadium video? Yeah, I got paid for the show, but I did. No, but I'm just saying because I remember that video, seeing that video. And what that was around that time. What struck me was that um, we didn't know, you know, all we know you as, as your mom's son. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, in, in America, yet, and that video, all the girls were singing the, the lyrics. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Sing, sing every lyric. Every lyric. You, you know, know, not just mm-hmm. standing and saying, oh, this guy's great. Mm-hmm. No, they were No, they're totally... hardcore fans. They know every, every lyric. They know everything about me. They know every one of my siblings. They right. know what time so you get no money morning. from that deal. No, I got no money from that first uh, CD, but that's just, it was a learning experience. I was not going to sit there and cry over spilled milk. It, did you have an attorney help you with that deal? At that time, just... there was a conflict of interest because the attorney that they had, they had given me an attorney. That was their attorney. <clears throat> their attorney. So there that, you go. That did not work out. So but, you learn as you go. Like yeah, you learn saying. as you yeah. go. And that was the last time I ever signed a shady deal. Now I have, now my attorney is Bruno Mars attorney, uh, Rihanna's attorney, What's his, uh, his or her Scott name? Felcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, 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 really good guy very very tedious with every word that's on the contract and which, mm-hmm. that's why i like that and i trust him a lot i think it's really important as an artist to have a lawyer that you really trust with your with your life like you have mm-hmm. to really trust that person mm-hmm. and like as a person you know you have to be able to really sit down with them and i really trust him and that's why i'm gonna stay with him even though i'm in the latin music industry and he doesn't speak spanish i trust him and i'm staying with him no matter what else. Mm-hmm. So obviously someone doesn't just catapult into stardom overnight. So you were um, not anymore. But look at this yodeling kid. You've heard of him? <laughs> you blew up just, overnight. We had okay, a discussion. I was just on a panel where we were talking about this yodeling kid. I'm jealous we were of him. About yeah. Viral videos. We just uh, he blew up overnight. From, uh, Big Loud. Big Loud. We interviewed yeah. the CEO last night. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, England. You know that team. that that's a great example of how important it is to put out good content if you are a singer you best believe you should be putting up song videos of you singing because that's what people want to see mm-hmm. that's what goes viral organic stuff yeah. you could be in a studio and record a great song but and then post that on instagram but it's not going to go viral like you singing that song live people love that for some reason because i see that on my analytics whenever i post a video of myself singing goes crazy people mm-hmm. love that stuff so i'm like okay now i see why this yodeling kid blew up because people just love that organic raw talent and yeah i live for that so yeah interesting artists always remember to post videos of yourself singing and show off your talent it's so important actually was well piggybacking off of that but also going back to my mm-hmm. earlier question the what i was going to ask is the amount of engagement you had to have on social media with the important. people that were interacting like what were like did you come across like just by trial and error did you like find any like strategy no, that you were using when i was, when I was like, starting it was just like a constant communication with them like as soon as you wake up you, they, they need to feel like they're involved in in the artist's life once a fan feels like they're involved in your everyday life then you have them every day they're mm-hmm. obsessed with you mm-hmm. so that means doing live streams talking to them answering messages like making it on a very personal level because once you do that then then you kind of win their hearts because then they'll never forget about you. But mm-hmm. if you're just an artist that's like, oh, I'm too special to even answer anybody. I, I sit down for hours and I answer every single girl that messages me. And I just say, thank you. Because I'm, I'm really grateful for just for them to listen to my song or just for them to to post my picture. Like that's, that's feel, I'm so grateful for every single one of them. 
mm-hmm. and even from just an, in, a, an investment in your career, you spending that amount of time doing it so now, you hit them. Um, here's a, a different way. Uh, cigarette companies historically have used like Joe Camel, mm-hmm. who is a cigarette company. They use these big sort of animated this big camel. I remember. The reason they did that was to appeal to kids mm-hmm. underage, but because mm-hmm. they would like it, maybe use it underage. But then once you once you hook them, you have them for life. Yeah. So this is a better way. This yeah, is a much healthier course, way. Of, but you but you get them when they're young. Yeah. And like if you do something nice for me, I mean, you know, I just. I have that emotional think connection. Think about it. Think about an artist that you love just answering you. And like, you're never going to forget that. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was younger, I would write to Justin Bieber so many times. I loved Justin Bieber. That was my, I was, still is one of my idols. And he never answered me. But if he did answer me, then, you know, it would have been, it would have made, it would have been big for me as a well, kid. We bring this up in class that uh, we had read somewhere that, um, that Snoop tweets every 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And you can just imagine just what you're saying. You're a fan of him, and you get yeah. a tweet from... It's crazy. I mean, it's unbelievable. You mm-hmm. just can't, you know, you can't believe that he would actually find you and, yeah. and tweet you. So how did uh, Universal get interested in you? Universal got interested in me through a producer that I was working with called Develop. I started working with him in 2014. And, you know, I have to say I was a little lost before I met him. And that just goes to show how important it is to, to, to find that producer that you trust. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like he is the A&R of my project right now, and he's the one that really changed my sound. And, and I really trust him. I trust him when I get in the studio. Like, sometimes even if I say, like, yo, I don't like that, he's like, trust me. And later I end up liking it just because he's so ahead of the curb. Mm-hmm. He knows what's going to be popular, like, like like next year, for example, this song that I made, decent. It's like it's it's. I say it's timeless because it's not. It's unlike anything else that's out right now. And once you have some something that's different, something that does not sound like anything that's out right now, then you have something that's truly like new, something fresh. And mm-hmm. and, and that's what I've always tried. That's what I've been trying to make these past few years. Something that does not sound like anything else. Because mm-hmm. there's so much music that one song comes out, it's a hit, and then five more songs comes out that sound just like that song. The same chord progression, the same tempo. And it's just like, that's just like, it's good, but I'd rather make something new that to really step, like, push the envelope and, and be uh, be an innovator in music. I feel like that's that's the fun part, when you mm-hmm. can make something that's, that's like, not even out yet. Some, some new, like, new vibes. That's so he brought you to Universal? He brought me to Universal with a few songs that Universal really, really loved. And but you know before I saw signed to Universal, Mark Anthony was trying to sign me, mm-hmm. but um, and I was about to sign with Mark Anthony, but like a few days before I was gonna sign with Mark Anthony, develop Mark Anthony's nephew because they're related, calls me. He's like Universal, I have this deal with Universal. Universal wants to give you my own imprint, and I want to sign you as the first artist. And mm-hmm. I was like, my heart was with the producer because she's the one that makes all my great music, and that's right. like Mark kind of wanted to have. I don't want to say like full creative control, but he wanted me to go a different route that I wanted to go. And I trusted the producer and, and, and I went where my heart was, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is important too, to when you, when you, when you have two deals on the table, it's not always about who pays more necessarily. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? This is, mm-hmm. The deal with Universal was better than the one with Mark, but even if the Mark deal was like better monet, mon- like money wise, I still probably would have went with Develop because that's where that's where my heart was. 
Mm-hmm. Is it still universal worldwide? Is it's it- worldwide, yes. And I like how I'm not under any artist's name. I'm not Mark Anthony's artist under Universal. And Universal, mm-hmm. I'm Universal's artist. It allows me to have my own, not be like an umbrella. You're not under. somebody's protege. I, You're I'm Matt like Hunter. That. Yeah, yeah. I, I never wanted that. So mm-hmm. I, I like that I can have my own my own name. And I love Universal. They're great. They, they're they're working with some of the biggest Latin artists right now, and they're just on top of everything. And I have to say there's a big difference of being with a label and being independent. I'm very mm-hmm. happy. So is there like a chance of you working in the future with the artists that are on Universal's roster as well? Yeah, then? of course. Mm-hmm. That's easy. That's really easy. Mm-hmm. They're all like very connected. Mm-hmm. Everything's very connected. Are you with a booking agent yet? No, not yet. So who booked all those shows? Like, for example, you had the first single and you were going all over the place. Myself. And... Myself. With okay. the contacts that I had in each country. Um, did, did you really create myself. those contacts going yeah. back that Me far? Yeah, my mom. Mm-hmm. 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 But I feel like you can only go so far like doing it like that, that guerrilla mm-hmm. style. It's, yeah. it's tough. It's tough. Especially as an artist, I don't want to worry about the business stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do I want to be on top of it and know what's happening, not be clueless, but I, I don't want to be worrying about should I trust this person? Is this good? I want to just show up and sing, do mm-hmm. my job, and then, you know, mm-hmm. see my fans. I don't, all the other stuff, and the artist should not need to worry about. That's what the manager should worry about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So are you looking for a booking agent? I mean, because then the, yeah. the next thing for the money is obviously taking advantage of this yeah, and getting I, it Yeah, I am. Um, I think that right now I'm already being booked shows, so I don't know how they're doing that. Universal's I, I, telling you you're no, playing yeah, here. I, yeah, I already booked. Like, I have a show in Chile on November 25th that I got a contract for. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like even without the booking agent, they're still lining stuff up for me like a lot, which is good. They have me in their minds a lot, so I'm I'm not like a shelved artist. Mm-hmm. I was always I was always scared of that, getting signed to a label and then having them like lose interest. Yeah, that's another thing that happens a lot. And the phone's not yeah. ringing off the hook right now. Mm-hmm. It is now it from is, like, yeah, a booking agent. I would think everybody would be yeah, calling you now. Yeah, of course. But you know, I feel like to do those shows in the Chilean market. I already have that fan base. I mean, I did an arena show with only one. To do shows, you need more music. I just put out one single. Like, to do, like, a whole tour, like, I'm going to need to put out my whole album. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so you're, it's a weird spot then for you because you want to take advantage of this, but and you I don't can, have enough exactly. songs to fully to, take yeah, advantage. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do have old songs, but I want the show to be something. I want my show to be great. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm going, to, I'm going to Miami next week just to work on my live show with the band and just get that great because it's important if you see a great show then you're gonna be more incentive you're gonna have, have more of an incentive to go back to see the show if you enjoyed it than if you didn't enjoy it you know what i mean if, mm-hmm. like, if i go see an artist in concert and i loved it then i'll go see them next year again mm-hmm. just didn't like it then i'll never see them again does the band only play with you in live shows or do they do anything in the studio with you as well mm, no live shows just like most shows? of my yeah all my production is done by three producers that work on like software and stuff okay this is actually something I was I was gonna get to, which is like um, the idea of like the one man band, which mm-hmm. it sounds which it sounds like your producers are able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you think that you would be having this many opportunities, say, I don't know, forty years ago, when the role of the producer was to coordinate all of session musicians and everything like that? I mean, it's different. It's easier now because now anybody can make music, which I think is it's more accessible, which. I think it makes it better, personally. I mean, it's different because you, you, you're kind of losing that, the organic part of music, which makes it great. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the day, everything changes. You know, we're, we're constantly evolving. So 
it makes it more accessible to, for kids in other countries who cannot afford like crazy instruments to be able to make music on their laptop. And I think that's cool because it makes it just allows more people to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was talking about this yesterday with uh, Matt Adele with the sounds.com and barriers entry just got lowered tremendously mm-hmm. as a really? result of that. Yeah, so so yeah, that's definitely. I think it's cool. Cause now, like, more and more kids are getting involved in music, and it's, it's cool. It's mm-hmm. different. Now, you work in tandem it with It sucks them? because now, like, people are not even playing guitars anymore. Like, guitar just centers are getting closed. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that, that, that part sucks. But but you want to start learning to play. Yeah, right? I, mean, I play mm-hmm. guitar. I play a little bit. I, I want to I learn. I, I can always be better. I can always mm-hmm. improve on everything. So I want, I'm looking for a guitar teacher so I can just... I can brush up my skills. Have you what? taken voice lessons? And yeah, and when I was younger, I took a lot of voice lessons, like mm-hmm. classical. Mm-hmm. Like, I have really good technique. Do you, do you work in which tandem? helps a lot? Do you work in tandem with the producers when they're when they're like sitting down to like put the chords together, or whatever? Mm-hmm. Are you in the same room with them, or are mm-hmm. they doing it? And then usually they not. The usually, I, like, I they I go into the studio and they play me like a lot of different stuff, and I tell them what I like and stuff. Okay, I'm and not really that involved in the production process. I trust them. Like that's not that's not what I'm great at. What I'm great at is cutting the vocals. It's like I feel like it's also very important as an artist to not feel like you could do it all by yourself because then people like, get turned off. Mm-hmm. Like you have to also trust people. You have to let people know like, like people that are talented. And I don't. It's not good to to be like oh I could do it all like you know. Mm-hmm. Did you, who wrote decent? Me and my friend Jay. Jay okay, Cortez. so you are uh, okay. Mm-hmm. All of my like all of my songs have been collaborations. I feel like that's where the best stuff comes out of. Unless like you're a free, unless you're a very very talented songwriter, and that's another thing. But I, I've my best work have been working with other people, other writers. I just love collaborating. I love that process of starting something and throwing off ideas with other people. It's just so much fun. Mm-hmm. Some of the biggest hit songs have been written by more than ten people. You know, like mm-hmm. most people no, don't even know. So you have a so two of you wrote it together, and you mm-hmm. have a publishing deal. As well with Universal Music Publishing, correct? No, I have a publishing deal with Warner Music Publishing, but I signed that like with, six years ago. With Warner Chapel? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're, is it a, you don't have a 360 deal then with Universal Music, It correct? is technically a 360 deal. Except, except uh, publishing is carved mm-hmm. out because you already have that deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like most deals nowadays are all 360 deals. Because mm-hmm. like, if they're not going to, I feel like that makes more, more sense for them nowadays. They need to make money out of everything. So are you selling merch? What do you you know? Not yet. I'm not yet. I mean, I am. I have dropped a few shirts, but I'm looking, I'm looking for like new designs and something fresh, something that's like not just another T-shirt, mm-hmm. like something a cool product, like something cool. I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Right. Something okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Are you working with Universal on that as well? Yeah. Because I mean, a few like designer friends that I have, but they're cool too. Because if I tell, if I want to bring this person on board, like they trust me, so they know like okay, Matt knows like I, like my photographer. That I flew out from New York and he's amazing. He, we went out to LA to do the video to shoot all the pictures and the pictures mm-hmm. came. He ended up shooting the cover of the song, mm-hmm. the cover of the of the photo. And was, they, was and if they did not trust me with buying his plane ticket and doing all this, they could have been like, "No, we have my own photo person." But like, they trust me, which is cool. Was that picture the same day? Oh, excuse me. Was that picture taken the same day the music video was yeah. recorded? Mm-hmm. Was, same, uh, same day. Same I was gonna everything. say because you're wearing, you same, wearing the same outfits in the. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna for everybody who's looking. I'm taking a picture of a of course, picture. Of course. Um, and in this picture, you can see the reflection of Matt in the table. And you know what's crazy <laughs> is that I put this song out two weeks ago, but I've I recorded this song and wrote this song two years ago. Mm. And that just goes to show how a good song mm. is a good song. And 
as an artist, it's not good. Like, especially as an independent artist, something that I've learned, it's not good to rush releases. Like, it's really not good to rush releases. It needs to be planned. Like, it takes months of planning. Like, it really does. Like, if I would have just released this two years ago, I would not have had Lily Pons. It wouldn't, I was not with a good, I was not in a deal, but I could have just went and released it on the internet, but it would not have been what it is now. Mm -hmm. How long ago did you get her on board? Like a month ago, just a oh, month ago. Really? When was the song actually recorded? Two years ago. No, but with her, like with she her? didn't, no, like yeah. A month ago, like a couple weeks ago? No, no, not a month ago, sorry. Time for me is like, <laughs> so weird, like two months ago. Okay, so we're in the uh, middle of May, so middle of March, March. Yeah. I did that in my mm -hmm. head. So middle of March, you recorded the song, so within mm -hmm. two months, um, you got her on board, you recorded the, the video, song, you did the video. Did everything, did everything quickly. Her production company, Shots, which is also Justin Bieber's, like Justin Bieber's a part owner, did the video and everything, and it really came out really good, you know? At first, like, I wasn't crazy about the treatment, and I was trying to, like, give a little pushback, but then, like, like I said before, like, sometimes you just have to trust people. Like, it's very important. As an artist, something that I've learned is just letting, like, just trust, just trust, trust. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you want to be on top of everything, and it's just, like, it's not good to be complicated as an artist. Nobody wants to work with a complicated artist, especially if you're a new artist. If you're already, like, killing it, that's different. If you're a new artist, nobody wants to work with you if you're complicated. So just keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. So let me ask a question uh, about, uh, about the industry, mm -hmm. your, your take on this. Um, in the States, it's, it's becoming apparent that a, there's a fan base that is gravitating toward non-American acts, if mm -hmm. you will, with the rise of like K-pop acts. Mm -hmm. Or non-English language, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah we, could, yeah, we could say not the non-English language act. So do you think the industry is going toward a state where you could have an American tour that would feature two acts that don't speak English and could speak like two totally different languages altogether, like yourself and BTS, say, co-headlining a tour. Like, do you think the industry's heading in that direction? I think definitely. That just, could the, happen? just the fact that there's no language barriers anymore and songs are blowing up here in the States, being in different languages. And I think definitely. I have a friend who just did a, a song with this Korean group and she's Latin. And mm -hmm. the song's in Korean and Spanish, which is weird to me because then it's like, the people in Korean who speak Korean don't understand the chorus, and then the people that only speak Spanish don't understand any of the song. But it's like, music is, there's no language barriers anymore. Personally, myself, I don't really like mixing languages in the same song just because of that problem that people don't end up understanding. Um, but I, I think definitely that could be possible. People could do tours like that nowadays because there's no language barriers with music anymore. Do you think like the uh, barriers for uh, foreign acts to come to the states are getting lower? Cause there's like there's like acts that I found from other countries on like YouTube and whatever. Mm -hmm. But if I go to try to find their music to buy it, it's not on iTunes or at least on the American iTunes. And the only way would be like to pay customs to get an import really? of a CD. Yeah, I, I found I found a few acts that way. Mostly like um, some Japanese stuff that I was yeah. into and like some German stuff as some German stuff as well but I think like, that was harder back then because nowadays with Spotify and stuff it's easy for me to find any song I want right but I'm but I was talking about how like it's not on the American version of Spotify mm. because of like because of like the customs okay. trades and whatever. so do you think that, that it, the industry would shift in a position to force the change to bring those acts over to the states then Mm, not necessarily. If the people want to hear it, then yeah. Then if the people want it, then they're going to be forced to. But if there's not that, if the people are not asking for it, then I wouldn't see why they would force it. Mm. 
You know, it's a chicken and the egg. Yeah. I mean, they, if they don't hear it, they're not going to want it. Exactly. If people are asking <laughs> for it, and he wants them to, then they're going to have it. access to it. Right. Uh, but it's an interesting, certainly. But for at least with Latin music, like there isn't that problem. All the Latin music, like we make sure as Latin artists, we make sure that our songs available on every platform. Deezer, even the platforms that are like not even listened to that much, like we make sure it's on everything because we want everyone to hear it. What's interesting is uh, with a song like Decent, um, which we mentioned over 21 million streams, was it released on Spotify the exact same the exact day? Because yeah. the, the YouTube views are 22 million on Spotify. It has like, it just hit 3 million. Yeah, it's just over 3. So it's, it's interesting how um, you're still getting revenue from both, but yeah. the, the, the one with the video aspect is, is beating the other by 19 million views. And you know what it is? People, many people in Latin America don't use Spotify yet because it's a paid subscription. Uh, YouTube, it's free, therefore they can just play the song all day for free without having to pay anything, you know? And most people in Latin America, they don't use Spotify, they just use YouTube. Even mm. if they're not, they won't be watching the video, they'll just right. put the video on and put it there right. so they can listen to the song, right? Mm. And it's also like, if you look at her other videos, her videos that she's put up that are not even music, mine has like double the views already and it's not even on her, her, her channel has 10 million subscribers, mine only has 400,000. Mm. And that's, that just goes to show how music Compared to like acting videos, music it gets replayed so many times. It's like the song's addictive, so people people just want to listen to it over and over and over again. Plus, you're only gonna laugh at it one too. or two times. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, that's, that's something that I noticed. Yeah, I was like, wow, this video already has double the views of most of her other videos. It must be exactly. You'd think it'd be through Vivo because Universal is a part owner, so it is through Vivo. But, yeah, okay. They merged my Vivo account with my real YouTube account because my Vivo account only had 5,000 subscribers and my real account had 300,000 subscribers. Mm -hmm. right. So they merged them so that there would not be that, that disconnect, that mm -hmm. two different accounts. So it is not under Vivo, but it's now it's just not. I don't know how they did it, but they're merged some way. <laughs> yeah, right. They know how. Yeah, they know yeah. how. And how big was her following? Her, she has like 24 million followers. She's, a, she's very, very influential. She was named by Forbes one of the 30 most influential people on social media. Mm. She's very, very influential. She's very talented, this girl. And you had met her? I had met her, mm-hmm. And we, we vibed out, and she loved the song. She really loved Her managers have been loving the song for the past two years. Whenever I see them at events, they sing me the song, but they uh, don't speak Spanish. Uh. <laughs> so I, I was like, how do you guys know this song? So then a month later, we were supposed to get this other artist on this track, but the other artist was being like, gosh, it was taking way too long to record the song. It was like six months have passed now, mm. and there's, there's no reason why it should take that long. Been there. And the song was actually, the song had a different name before, but a year ago, a lot of songs started coming out with the same name, and my producer told me, he said, do not play this song for other people, because people are going to start using our idea. Mm. And this is like two years ago. I started playing the song for other people, other producers that I went to in Colombia and stuff. And then they, six months later, their song's coming out with the same name, mm -hmm. Mala. Because when people hear something, it's like in the back of their... And then they're in the studio. They, that's just what happens. That's yeah. what happens. When people hear something, it gets stuck in their head. And then when in the studio, they, it comes out in a different way. But it's, it's just recycled, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Someone said... I don't know what the quote was, but it's like... I don't remember what it was, but if I remember, I'll let you guys know. Something interesting that has to do with that. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Okay. So, 
as uh, as being a successful artist then, mm -hmm. uh, I was curious if you had any tips that you would give to other aspiring singers who would want to get their music heard. I mean, you had, I mean, you worked your way from the ground up. Yeah. Obviously. Do you think that's like the best way to do it? Just Definitely. Starting, starting from the bottom. From the bottom. Building your fan base and, mm -hmm. and just posting content online and getting people to like care about what you're doing. I think that's the most important thing to build your fan base and to start getting like your, your, your kind of like your customer base. Like that's what it is essentially. Um, building that customer base so when you release something, people care, you know. And that's when labels will start seeing like you because you can have great music and you can get a deal from great music. But unfortunately, we're like in the world that we're in today, people want to see numbers. Like people want to see that you have that people are caring about what you're doing. And that's what that's what's helped me a lot. You know, my fans have been able to get me on a lot of radio stations. Like it was them calling the radio stations. They've been able to get me in a lot of shows because they're they're tweeting the promoters of the shows. And it's like, when you have that fan base, then they'll do anything for you. And then it's like it's a lot easier to move around. So I th I would say for new artists to start building your fan base and to post music, post covers, just post stuff, content, content, content every um, week. What's universal? Um were they more um, interested in you because of your following or because of the producer? Because of the music. Definitely because of the music and because of the producer. The uh -huh. producer is very important. It's, it's always he, about who brings you in the room. Right, he you brought know? you to the room. That's so important. Yeah. Because they trust him and, and they're like, this kid's next. And they're like, okay. Yeah, that's what I was saying, the respect that they yeah. had Definitely. for him. 100%. Yeah. So it was, but it was also the imprint they gave him that imprint. They gave him his own right. Imprint. So he got his own right. He got his own label, basically. Mm -hmm. right. What's what's it called? His imprint. Transcendent. Transcendent. Is that, is that a common thing now for producers to get their own imprints on on labels now? Yeah, it's was, happening a lot. I was gonna say because there was an artist I was talking to. It's happening like, a lot. I had there was a there's a rap artist that I was talking to and I was asking a, a question about how like her business gets handled and she's like I don't know I just let my producers. Because think that. about it, who's gonna be a better A and R than the producer himself? Like the producers know, they know. I think personally. Who else has he produced? Uh, Little Wayne, Eminem, like uh, he started hip hop. So he started in hip hop. Started in hip hop, like heavy hip hop. But then he started doing Latin just because he loved it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kind of piggybacking off of uh, my previous question, do you think um, an artist, like while they're trying to build a fan base, should they also be trying to push to find a cosign? Like you got. Like I'm not not to like harp on the subject, mm -hmm. but you got like Mark Anthony's cosign, and then your producer also effectively gave you the cosign that got you into into Universal. Yeah, um, I mean it helps. I wouldn't say go out looking for it, but just make sure to surround yourself around the right people because that's the most important thing. If you hang around five successful people, you're gonna be the sixth successful person. If you hang around with like five people that are like not doing anything, I've always hang around people that I like. I trusted in people that I think I'm that are talented and just being around them good stuff happens. So I just I keep my circle small. It was very important as an artist not to like be like you know I personally I think like and I just focus on myself, my music. Mm -hmm. Not so much on like the social aspect. Social media yes, but not like you know what I'm you know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. A lot of people get caught up in like the social aspect and it's like you need to just focus on your music. Not going out to clubs and events every night. That that stuff does not matter. Mm. No. So you don't want to get caught up in just because no, I have seen. friends that like that care more about being seen, and it's just like that's not that's and that's why you're not like growing. You're not mm -hmm. worried about your music and stuff. 
Um, yeah, it's easy to get distracted. Very easy know, to get distracted. Focus elsewhere. Very easy to get distracted. Now, is there, as you speak with your producer, do you feel that there is a balance between I'm Matt Hunter, the artist, and doing these collaborations with like, like Lele Pons obviously helped you cross over to a wider audience, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean every single song you have to do with, with a collaboration, you know? No. So do you, do you now, okay, the next four songs. But I'm excited. I think that collaborations are so important for new artists. Because for example, I put out this one song with Lele and now like my engagement has like time 400%. Mm -hmm. Sure. So it's just like those collaborations are so important just to, to get your name out and just to, if you make something great with another person, it's so much bigger than making something great like on your own, I think, because mm -hmm. it's just bigger. But then is your next song another collaboration or on know. purpose you don't do it? I, I don't know. Maybe your... maybe it will be, maybe it won't. If it's if it sounds, this first one, I, originally we were going to put it out alone, but then we're like, how can we, this is my first song coming back as a signed artist. Let's, how can we make it have a bigger reach? And, having a collaboration was that answer so maybe for the next song I'll, I'll have be alone but I have to talk with the label about it they know best mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. yeah and, and I think that's sort of the question is I'm, I'm wondering um, when you say the label I mm -hmm. wonder if they're looking at data and they're looking yeah. at analytics and they're looking and say okay uh, for this type of artist the formula is collaboration mm -hmm. collaboration solo 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 collaboration you know in yeah. this specific genre mm -hmm. of music too because mm -hmm. you're different from your pop is different from, say, straight ahead English American pop, which is different from K-pop, which yeah. is different from yeah. um, other things, and the market you're reaching because mm -hmm. you mentioned. So your primary market is Mexico. Mm -hmm. So um, do you also now? I want to really break big in America. Have you looked at the, of these 22 million yeah, streams you know, on YouTube? One, is that how one, much is America? One thing that America is like number three. Uh huh. It's like Mexico, I think, Chile or something, and then it's U.S. But um, one thing that my manager does do, like one of her tactics, is like blowing her artists up in the U.S. Because then once it blows, once they blow up in the U.S., they blow up in all of South America. Mm -hmm. For example, her artist Jay Balvin, he's like he's on a U.S. tour right now. Like he, they, they really focused on promo and everything inside the U.S. to blow him up inside the U.S. And he's blown up all over the world now. Their way, their way of doing it is blowing you up in the U.S. and then from the U.S. it goes to the rest of the world. Before I was doing it like. And from South America and seeing if it'll trickle back to the, to the United States, but it doesn't really work like that. Whatever blows up in the U.S. blows up in the whole world. Mm. That's one thing that she told me that, she, that we're going to be doing, focusing a lot on promo and stuff within the U.S. Yeah, I remember when, remember when uh, Size Gangnam Style blew up here, that, that was when it became mm -hmm. worldwide. Not when it blew up over in wherever. No, I'm just saying, when, yeah, it, when, it, I know. when it somehow came over to the States. That's when it really took off. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. It went, went spread like crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. crazy. So, so do you? Did you have some? No. So, um, do you utilize things like Univision, and you, uh, in order to break in the U.S., or do you try? Because it's interesting because it's a Spanish language song in an English-speaking country, even though the number of Spanish language speakers in America has grown, obviously, and continues to grow tremendously. Mm -hmm. um, where is the focus to blow you up here? Is it on English-speaking media? Is it on Spanish speaking, how, how do you well, walk that type of... The, the publicist that I have now is like, is like an American publicist, but he, wor he also works with this Latin girl. Mm -hmm. So he's, 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 getting, he's gonna be getting interviews with like from Rolling Stone to, to Univision, like everything. English mm -hmm. speaking, Spanish speaking, everything, because I'm, I'm from here, why mm -hmm. not? Right. Tell the story in both languages so right. that everyone hears it. 
Mm-hmm. If you look mm-hmm. at an artist like Enrique Iglesias, he's he's a Latin artist, but he's so famous here in the states. Like he, it's crazy. He'll go to India and sell it. India. He'll go anywhere and sell it out. And that's where I want to get to. That's the, that's where that's someone that I look at his career and I'm like, I want my career to be like that because he mm-hmm. can go to any market and sell it out, which is mm-hmm. big. There's not even people don't understand Spanish in India, but they just love the music. Oh, there's there's something about it. There's the energy they're mm-hmm. getting and they're getting just the, the emotion, you mm-hmm. know, which which as an artist that your job is to translate that creation that you mm-hmm. did to an audience so that they feel what you want them to feel. Or, yeah. And if you make that work, you know, and, and Enrique is a great example of somebody who sort of inherited the bloodline from his father, yeah. Julio, mm-hmm. but he's been able to take it and have periods of great popularity and then now he's not getting from the English side as much love from radio as he used to just because things have changed over mm-hmm. the past 20 years but he laid all that groundwork for so long that so he can important. continue to do that's sell like, tickets and yeah. that's where he's making more money anyway yeah. and which helps him to continue be an artist and live that life as opposed yeah. to 100% yeah I like Enrique a lot like I like how he's like not involved in any drama and stuff like he's very like you never see him in the tabloids talking about bad like bad right. stuff which is, I think is important too as an artist. You think the worst thing I saw with him was like Keep a year or two ago. Clean. Yeah. So important. There was a drone in his, uh, on his show. I think okay. it was like two years ago. And he tried to catch, the drone was part of the show. Okay. But he tried to grab onto the drone and it cut his hand so badly. I remember that. And there was blood everywhere. Was you know? yeah, and yeah. I think he might have finished the show yeah. because that's mm-hmm. your job. Of course. But, you you know, so my suggestion to you is don't grab a drone no, if you're moving no, no, no. parts. And talking yeah. about that, there was one time where I, bought a, I brought a drone, my drone, to Ecuador to record my show. I had my videographer. I was like, you've never flown a drone before, but here's the remote and uh-huh. just do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in sound check, we were flying it, testing it, and the thing just fell out of the sky, right where the people were going to be standing later on in the day. Well. <laughs> so that just shows, don't trust drones. <laughs> don't trust right, drones, because yeah. we could have had a big problem on our hands if that would have fallen on a fan, and it would have been a lawsuit. Yeah. Well, that's different from, that's an interesting in terms of technology. We are friends with... Aaron Van Dyne, who's the business manager for Kiss, mm-hmm. for example, who's you know classic rockers since the mm-hmm. '70s, mm-hmm. who've been sued multiple times from anything that happens in the audience, and and I think somebody tripped on something not long ago, and they sued the promoter, they sued the band, they sued the venue, they sued everybody, yeah. and now in, you're adding it was in the states, yeah, and now you're adding an extra layer because you're including this additional technology it's like crazy. a drone that can mm-hmm. fail. Um, just like uh, Pink, when she performs, you know, she's going all over. Oh, yeah. And if by accident something happened and uh, either she fell on people, you know, obviously she'd get hurt, they'd get hurt. Yeah. But eventually, you know, somebody would be suing Pink and they'd be suing the harness company that was holding her. And, mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. You were raising your hand, Matthew. I, I, I didn't have anything to take on to that. Oh, okay. Very good. All right. So, um, Marconi, do you have any another additional question while we have an no, international? No, I don't right now. I think we covered everything pretty well, and I think Matt was very articulate. Okay. With the uh, direction he wants to take. Right. And the reasons why. And are you in LLC? Is it Matt Hunter LLC? So yes. Okay. And you have uh, through Universal Publishing, and then um, no. Warner. Warner. So you keep saying that, <laughs> Matt. Stop saying that it's Universal it's Warner. Joking. I'm the one who said it. I know. I'll take full responsibility, Matthew Kerr. Yeah, I know. 
So uh, Warner Chapel. How did you get six years ago the the deal with Warner Chapel? Publishing? Through through my 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 current lawyer that I was working with. She got me that deal with Warner Chapel. The good lawyer that you have now. She was a good lawyer. She wasn't as she wasn't the same lawyer that I had that I have she, now. Okay, she was so good. Ah. your then current lawyer, yeah. the the lawyer from back then. She was good. I'm okay, but she was good anybody. enough to help you get that. Yeah, deal. she was. She okay, was. she was very sweet. Very 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 nice lady. Okay. We actually have her in the other room. Come on. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. She wanted to talk to you about a few things, but okay. All right. So I'm just looking at the structure of you as an artist and your team. Mm -hmm. So um, you have you, you have your manager, Mm -hmm. you have your publishing deal, you have Mm -hmm. your record label. Do you have Mm -hmm. a separate business manager as well? Not yet. But I have been been, uh, meeting with people. I don't really need that yet. Soon I'm going to need that though. Mm -hmm. I have been meeting with a few people just seeing where I feel most comfortable. Mm -hmm. Because like I said, when I meet people, I just like to see the energy that I get off of them and see if it if I trust them. Now, do you actually on the subject of team? Do you have someone that handles your social media, or no. do you you do all that yourself? I wish I did, but I think it's so important for the artists to do that themselves. Because the, like I said, it needs to feel on, the fans need to feel it on a personal level, and it wouldn't be the same if I had somebody tweeting them all back, "Thank you." It's just it's not as genuine. Mm-hmm. Do you get more fan engagement on one platform as opposed to, like, say, Lately Instagram on Instagram, Facebook? I think Instagram's Instagram? like a very visual platform, so that's why people love it so much. Because you go on Twitter and it's like you're scrolling through a bunch of text, but you go on Instagram and it's like you see what 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 it is. There's more longevity of a post yeah. on Instagram versus Twitter, yeah. which is a quick quicker news feed. Yeah. Yeah, ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, Global Music Rights. What just is your? That. I just um, just my contract just ended with BMI, so I think I'm gonna go with CSAC now. Really? Okay. Hey. Have have they been contacting you because yeah. there's a lot yeah. of, they have. But they've been contacting me for like the past year. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Why CSAC? They might give me a nice advance. Okay. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that, you know. So I mean, because uh, people w- w- like to wonder, like it's very easy for me as a DIY artist to just give ASCAP 75 bucks and mm-hmm. now I'm with them for two years but sure. you get to uh, you step up higher 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 and now you're at the point especially after this where mm-hmm. different ways to take advantage so CSAC yeah. give you some sort of advantage and I've heard great you know my producer is with them and he's, he's said that from moving from switching from ASCAP to CSAC that it's just very good so and I trust them and they're cool I like them a lot mm-hmm. I met with them how long would you have to be signed with them I don't know probably like two years mm-hmm Okay. That's not bad. I think ASCAP right. is like eight. Really? I, don't know I think. Exactly. I think because when okay. I when I think I it might be a little bit more. I think it might be four. Before, because if I just ended this one with BMI now, I signed that one like four or five years ago. So. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm just going through everywhere. I guess that's pretty much the team uh, website. You have your own website. Mm-hmm. Who put that together? The label or is that? No, not the label. Like a web team that I was working with before. But now I'm switching that up. I need a I need a new website. So I'm looking for new people. Right. And Universal doesn't offer that to you. They do and they don't. Right. Like their designers are like, like, sometimes I have to outsource things from other places just mm-hmm. because like the quality of, I wouldn't, I don't want to say the quality is not good, but sometimes I want things a certain way. I'm very nitpicky with the mm-hmm. way my name is, like the way the logo is, everything from the right. text to the font. And sometimes I need to get stuff from other designers and stuff. I'm not saying that they're not good, but it's just, I like things a certain way. And we talked about merch earlier. So does Universal run part of your merch business, or that's all you? That's all me. So what is your, your 360 deal with them? What does it include? It includes recording, mm-hmm. the publishing through Warner Chapel, which I heard somebody mention a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, other revenue streams that they... Live. So, live, so when you sell mm-hmm. tickets to an event, they're getting... But they don't get part of your... Do they get part of your merch, even um, though they aren't yeah. helping? 
they get they a get portion of that, but you're mm -hmm. in charge of the merch that is created. Mm -hmm. Everything. I have creative control already. Okay. Which is good. Did they did they have a like Warner Music for example has Warner Music Artist Services which is a whole division which can provide oh fan mm -hmm. club which can create the fan club do VIP ticketing can do my merch. label manager does that I have like one connect at the label well I have like a lot but I have like one guy that I hit him up for anything at the label anything who's that Salomon his name is and he's very good what, how do you say it? Salomon Salamondo mm -hmm. Salomon Salomon mm -hmm. okay he's really cool. Um, Where's he, he based? Really well. He's based in New York, and actually uh -huh. in Miami. He just got he just graduated law school like right yesterday. So congrats, Salman. Congratulations, hey. Salman. Good day. Yeah, I'm so happy for him. He's he's a cool yeah. guy, you know. He's yeah. very like data driven. He's very good with analytics, and he knows like he texts me every day telling me what I should be doing, and, which is good because I feel like they're on top of stuff. Like, mm -hmm. They're always thinking about me, mm -hmm. which is which is great. Great, great. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. He was trying to, I was just trying to think of everything that a, an individual artist would want to know mm -hmm. about you from the back end as yeah, well as of course. the songs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, songwriting, final question. How mm -hmm. often are you, like in a typical day, uh, do you write when it hits you? Or do you say every day I'm going to spend an hour just writing songs, sitting by myself and trying to create Whenever something? Whenever I feel it. I don't, I don't like to force myself and say mm -hmm. like I have to like, do this every day. Whenever I feel it, if I feel the inspiration coming, wherever it may be, then I'll write it down on my phone and I'll go in later in the studio and I'll mm -hmm. pick back up where I left off. But um, like I said before, the best songs that I've written have been with other songwriters, working with other people, bouncing ideas off with them. And I love that. Right. I love mm -hmm. that. I just love the process of making a song with other people in the studio. It's just so much fun. Right. Well, I think this interview is has been fun, don't you? Was very much Dr. so. Yes. And I call him Dr. Esteban Marconi all the time, not Stay just right. because of you, but yes. Love that. Yes. So we should uh, thank Matt Hunter for being alive. Yes. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Yeah. Because if you were never born, this would have been a really boring interview because we'd just be have yeah. silence. Every thank you, Mom. Yes, th thank you, <laughs> Mrs. Luisa. It's great to have you. Matthew Kerr, thank you for nabbing him yes. and Matthew. doing what you did. Shameless plug. <laughs> You said it so fast. Say say your shameless plug again. Precursormentality.bandcamp.com. Precursormentality.bandcamp.com. Yeah. Or we can go to uh, matthunter.com or, or .com and never find mm -hmm. it. All right. So this has been Music Biz 101 and more. but that's And this is very appropriate. Oh, this is the, because you think it's the and more? Touche. No. Continue. Well, with oh, Music your... Biz. Because we're at Music Biz in Nashville, Tennessee. And we and don't end every show with... Adios! Ah. Again, we say adios not because of you, because we do it anyway. Adios! adios. 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 Matt Hunter! Matt Hunter! Matt Hunter! Woo! Oh my God! Oh my God! I'm gonna throw my brazier at him! Woo! <laughs> Say, Dave, what do Paul Sinclair from Atlantic, Tom Hefter from Ticketmaster, Rosie Lopez from Tommy Boy, and Heather Ellis from Pandora all have in common? They're all bigwigs in the music and entertainment industry, Esteban. And? They all hate warm beer. And? They've all been guests on the Music Biz 101 and More radio show at 8 o'clock on Wednesday nights. Bingo. If you want to learn more about the music and entertainment biz, tweet in a question and tune in every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock to Music, music Biz 101, 101 and More on Brave New Radio. radio.